Welcome to the Side Hustle and Business Show with Eric Lindsay. Here at Moonlight, you will learn how to successfully operate side hustles and also businesses while having W-2 income or very minimal amounts of time. You will also receive advice from experts and gain actionable and up-to-date strategies to help you generate income immediately and even help you attain long-term wealth. Here at the Side Hustle and Business Show, we choose to focus on financial security and not job security. Today, we are here with Heather Dreefs. Heather started with Secured Investment Corp. in 2012 as an investor relations manager. It was immediately realized that she could bring great value and strength to the fund management team. From that time on, she has been serving as the director of funding and as a fund manager ever since. She has been in private money space for the past 17 plus years and previously held her Series 63 license. She has personally raised over $300 million in her time with Secured Investment Corp. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, Eric. Definitely looking forward to unpacking this subject of lending. And just based off your bio, I'm sure that you're well-versed. With that being said, could you just share a little bit more about your background and also how you got started in real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, a little bit about my background and how I got started. Um, I really knew nothing about the private money industry, to be really clear. Uh, I had a friend that was a loan officer and an originator. And um, after my kids were of school age and, and in school full time, I decided to go back into the workforce um, and had this friend that said, hey, you know, come work for me. This this industry is amazing. I, I really didn't know anything about it. I always was taught by my parents that when you had money that you were going to invest, you called up your financial advisor. And when you were going to buy a piece of real estate, you went to your banker and you got a conventional bank loan and didn't know much more about mortgages in the private money industry from there and um, went on board and and started. And I've probably done probably every role within a private money lender space um, imaginable, everything from a, a loan officer and originations to um, servicing paper to underwriting to um, investor relations, but my mind was blowing. I, I I had no idea that you know there were people out there that had money that they wanted to invest outside of your more traditional sources like the stock market and mutual funds and CDs, and providing that you had the right deal as a real estate investor, there were people that would fund those deals and. It didn't mean that you had to go to the bank and give your firstborn child a blood sample and jump through Mm -hmm. 57 hoops. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I just, you know, I think, you know, when you're of the age that I am and and you grew up with the type of parents that I did, which they were very financially responsible, but they just didn't think outside the box. And I think a lot of people are like that. I just think people just don't know. I started seeing how these clients of ours, whether they were the active real estate investors or the passive ones, how they were recreating wealth for themselves and and not just wealth, but generational wealth. I mean, these people were creating wealth through real estate, sometimes passively, sometimes actively. And they were at a place in their life where now they were putting their money to work for them. You know, they maybe fixed and flipped some houses in their past or own rentals. And now they have this nest egg of assets. And now they're taking the capital that they made from these transactions. And that money's working for them. When I grew up, you saved your whole working career and you prayed to God 
that that retirement account lasted you through your retirement, right? Mm -hmm. And you depleted that. So most of the time, unless you were collecting real estate assets, there wasn't a lot left to leave your kids. These people were actually taking that money, living off of the income that this money was making them and living very luxurious lives with their family and enjoying their time with their family and, and then leaving generational wealth. And so to, to answer your question and to sum it up, um, it was it was fascinating to me, and I, I really took a, a liking to working with investors that were more on the passive side of things, that were looking to create wealth, helping put the deals together, but getting their capital. And so it was a win-win. And so here I am 17 plus years later at Secured Investment Corp, and I'm still working very actively with clients that I started working with 17 years ago that are investing money with us. Um, I like that we can help the people that are the active people that are out there buying the deals, boots on the ground. They're accomplishing their financial goals. And so it's just this amazing ecosystem focused around real estate and and focused around creating wealth for clients. Yeah, that's great. And I love to hear the fact that you didn't really know a whole lot about lending and the space when you first got into it, but through determination and hard work, you were able to kind of put something together and have built a great career around that. And so uh, definitely congrats to you on that. If I could kind of chat with you a little bit about the private money sector of the lending space. I've done a flip before and I used a hard money lender. Could you just kind of explain the difference between a hard money lender and a private money lender or if there's one altogether? Yeah, there really isn't a difference. I think back in the day, the industry called lenders like us hard money lenders. And there are a lot of us in what we call the private money space that are that have a huge initiative to not call it that because it does have a negative connotation. It's like hard money. So are you taking advantage of these people? Like it just, I don't like the terminology, but the reality is it's the same thing. It's private money. It, it means that we are working with private individuals that are investing money uh, and we are not dictated by the rules of a conventional lender. We're not lending on owner-occupied properties we are lending money to active real estate investors that are either buying or refinancing investment properties. Um, and so we don't have concerns with usury and licensing and all that. I mean, every state's different. So be careful when you're out there to make sure that your state that you're conducting business in doesn't have certain guidelines. Um, but, but you know, back to your, your original question, it's the same thing. Um, I just feel like private money sounds a little bit um, like it's more of a win-win for both sides of it rather than hard money, you know, that implies that you're taking advantage of somebody. Um, we have very qualified borrowers that borrow from us. They've got amazing credit. They've got tons of money in the bank. They are willing to pay a little higher interest rate on the capital they need because they know that they don't have to jump through all the hoops they, they would have to with the bank. You know, we definitely have clearly defined guidelines and there are things that we have to follow and we want to make sure that our borrowers are being put in a good position, that they're going to be successful. Um, but, you know, I think some people think hard money is, well, you're only lending money to that guy because he has terrible credit. He doesn't have any money. He has no, that's not the case. These are very sophisticated borrowers that just understand that it's a numbers game, right? When they're running their numbers on their deal, they take into consideration that 
you know, the cost of capital is X, Y, Z. So it's it's really just factoring it into their, their numbers. That was great insight. And Moonlighters been saying quite a bit that there's a difference between hard money lenders and private money lenders. And I know that I was under the impression that the private money lenders, that they offer better interest rates. So you wanted to kind of go after the private money guys rather than the hard money loan guys. But it's interesting to hear that you don't really view things and those individuals as different. Um, they're the same opportunities and they present the same kind of options. So that's great that you shine some light on that kind of subject there. If we could, could we just touch on the fund model that you guys operate and that you implement within your business and within your lending? Can you just share with us exactly what does that look like and how could a person get involved with that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think before I start digging too deep into it, it's important to understand that 11 years when I came on board, we did not have a fund. And so if you, Eric, came to me and said, hey, I've got this deal out of Kansas City, I want to purchase this property, I'm going to rehab it, I'm going to increase the value, I'm going to sell it, and providing you met our guidelines and it fit our credit box, I would go out and I would start selling your deal. I'd say, hey, I've got this guy out of Kansas City, he's a qualified guy, he's got experience. Um, and I would I would start shopping your deal with my investors. It works, but it's extremely clunky. You know, you may have a purchase and sale that's about to expire, and and I'm sure you and your listeners are aware of this. When you got a hot deal, the the key to it is moving quick. Yes, you have to be able to get that deal closed fast, and you get the best deal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I on the other end got. I've got this investor I'm working with. He's using his IRA account. I'm trying to coordinate getting his money so that I can get Eric's deal funded. So what we what we discovered was two things. One, that is just a very clunky process. And two, not every investor that has money wants to fund what we call a note, which is what they're essentially funding. They're, fi- they're buying a lien, they're funding a note. Some of my investors say, I like notes, but I want to be a little more diversified. I'd rather take my hundred grand and put it in a pool of notes rather than, you know, buying one note and having to hope that this guy makes his payments and I don't ever have to foreclose. And so we decided 11 years ago that we were going to open our first fund. And so what it did was I was able to help Eric get his deals closed really fast, providing it met our guidelines. But then I could also help my other guy that was very passive that said, I don't, I like notes, but it just sounds risky. I don't know that I want to take that on. I'm, I'm a professional. I have a full-time job. I don't want to have to deal with if this guy doesn't pay. Well, now we could take his capital, his hundred grand, put it in our fund, and he's still getting the same kind of yields on it. You know, average yields is anywhere from eight to 10% in the fund. So he's still earning double digits on his money, but he has zero headache of it. And so that was kind of where we, progressed into the what we call the real estate fund industry. It's like, okay, we still sell notes. I can still help Eric accomplish his goals, get his property bought, get him funding for it. And then I can still help this guy on this side that's very passive that says, I just want to invest. I want you guys to manage it. You're the experts. You have the infrastructure. I don't want to deal with it. He's still getting double digit returns on his money and it's still backed by real estate. So it it really just is the best of both worlds. So with the fund model, is there a certain hold period that those that come in and they invest within your fund, how long is the expected hold period before they could exit out of the fund? 
Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think some people get confused. There are differences. There are syndications where typically, you know, people are investing in a fund with a single asset. Maybe it's an apartment complex or a self-storage unit. And then there's funds like ours where we have lots of different assets coming in and out of the funds. Um, we have a tie-up period. So that's what you're referring to is how long are you committed to staying in the investment? Mm -hmm. Ours is simple. It's 12 months. You have to leave your capital in for a year, which you know this in the in the real estate fund syndication world, that's a pretty short period. Usually it's like four to five years. They yes. have to leave the money <laughs> and, and you can't get out. It's a long-term investment. Mm -hmm. um, ours is 12 months. So we expect people to stay in for a year after that year has expired. If they want to pull their money out or what we call divest out of the fund, they can start to do that. So it's a 12-month tie-up period. Um, the really cool thing about our funds too, is you can actually reinvest your earnings. So now you're creating this compounding effect. I work with tons of clients that have self-directed IRAs set up. I don't know how familiar you, you and your viewers are, but using a self-directed IRA or a self-directed 401k, which is a tax deferred account, right? You can actually invest those kind of dollars. You don't have to just do traditional investments in it. People really like to use those kind of accounts with our funds because now they can reinvest their earnings. They can say, hey, Heather, I don't need the cash flow. I have a full-time job, but the whole goal of me investing in something is to keep my money deployed all the time and working for me. Every month, they will know this is what your earnings were. They get reinvested here, and now they're creating a compounding effect, which I've ran numbers and, you know, you have to span it out about five years to really see the effect of it. But the returns are much greater when you're compounding it. But for our guys that are like, hey, I need cash flow. I retired. Now I want to replace my income. I don't want to live off of my retirement and deplete my whole account, but I want my money working, but I still need regular income. They actually can set their accounts up to get their earnings paid out. So it it can help both sides of that accomplish their investment strategies. Moonlighters, Heather has just provided some significant value there. The opportunity to be able to partner with her, invest within her funds and exit within 12 months, if that's something that you want to do, that is a great opportunity because that's similar to almost a stock market security and being able to buy a piece of stock. Typically within real estate, the whole period is going to be much longer because the asset is not as liquid as a stock or something that's a little bit more sellable that can move a little bit quicker. So yeah, Heather, you're providing some great opportunities there. If I could kind of backtrack just a little bit, could you share with the Moonlight listeners a little bit of about your criteria. So if someone did want to reach out to you guys in regards to a fix and flip loan, what is the criteria that you would take those applicants through? So um, for the, the lending side of the business, we don't have a minimum credit score. I mean, if your credit is better, you're going to get better pricing. So our, our loans are priced according to risk or a credit box. So no minimum credit score. We do only lend to entities. So if you're going to buy a property, you need to be buying it through your LLC or something like that. Uh, we do require the members of the entity to personally guarantee the loan. Uh, we have programs that will go up to 70% loan to value, and that can be based off of an after repair value. So that's a big one too. That means that 
we will base our loan off of the property's value after the rehab is done. So potentially we can help provide purchase money and rehab money depending upon the numbers, right? The numbers all have to make sense. It's a numbers game. Uh, we do not have a prepayment penalty. So we normally write our loans for 12 months, but if Eric buys a property and in 60 days he rehabs that and he sells it, we're happy for Eric. He can pay us off early. We're not going to charge him a minimum of six months of interest. There's a lot of lenders out there that do that. Um, and then other than that, uh, other big requirements is they need to have 10% of the rehab budget uh, in reserves and three months of payment reserves. Um, and then other than that, we're just pretty standard. We're going to want to get an evaluation on the property. Um, sometimes that can be an appraisal. Sometimes it can be these hybrid reports. We don't require appraisals. Um, but um, yeah, we're pretty black and white. You know, if the deal makes sense and there's enough equity in it and we have evidence that shows us that the borrower can service the debt and be successful exiting the loan, we're probably going to get the deal done for them. Now, that is only on single family up to four units. I will tell you that. So residential, always non-owner occupied. I was just about to ask you about that. What is the unit count? Are you guys in a multifamily or if it's just single family only? So we'll go up to four units. Okay, great. And are there any states that's excluded within your lending box or how, how does that work? Uh, we've got a few of them. I, I want to say there's three to five of them. It's constantly changing. We're trying to get in every state. They can always go to our website at Kogo Capital. So that's C-O-G-O -O Capital. And we have our lending map on there. Okay, great, great. Heather, one last question before we start wrapping things up. And um, we all know as of May of 2023, the environment as far as inflation and interest rates, things are kind of all over the place. We don't know if the Fed are going to continue to boost the interest rates up more. How has that impacted you all's business? Yeah, to be honest, it's probably driven more business towards us, you know, and, and I think I, I kind of touched on that earlier is we have very sophisticated borrowers that are like, hey, I don't want to deal with a bank right now. I mean, they didn't want to deal with them before and they really don't want to deal with them. But what I think you have to think about is like, what is that guy's exit, right? If he always fixed and flipped as a borrower, how is that affecting his business model? And, you know, we've, we've tried to coach our students and, and borrowers this way is like, you better have a backup plan. You know, we as an organization, when we're managing the assets for the fund, we're always looking at, hey, this is our first option, but what's our second? And what we've told a lot of these guys is like, you know, in a, in a market like we're dealing with right now, renting properties sometimes is a better return on investment than fixing and flipping it. So it, it really hasn't changed much. I mean, I think we're busier than we've ever been, but we also are looking at markets closer. You know, we know our market very well. Um, I think as an originator, uh, you know, um, a, a private lender, you have to be very in tune with your markets and understand values and make sure that the value, because that's the key to private lending, is the value there. It's that simple. You know, the reality is you're going to foreclose on some properties. It's not our goal, but that's the risk in doing this. As long as you're well securitized, we don't lend more than 70% of the value. So there's at least 30% equity. I highly doubt the market's going to drop 30%. But when you're talking about 30% equity, you've got foreclosure costs, you've got insurance, you've got taxes, sometimes you're going to have to rehab it. So, you know, those are all things to take into consideration. 
Moonlighters, definitely reach out to Heather and connect with her. She's doing great things and uh, she's providing great opportunities on the investing with her within the fund and also the lending option. So Heather, thanks for coming on to the show. You have been a wealth of knowledge. You provided some significant value to our Moonlight listeners. And I'm glad to hear that business is still going well. You mentioned earlier exactly how to get connected with you. If you want to kind of just share that once again, so the Moonlight listeners can reach out to you. Yeah. If you want to get a hold of me directly, they can always go to my website at Secured Investment Corp. So it's securedinvestmentcorp.com. Uh, I've got a lot of information on there about our funds. I've got information about the notes we sell, and they can actually book an appointment with me there. You know, whether they're active investors that are needing funding or you're somebody passive, um, you know, the big takeaway I would want people to take from this is we actually have a fund. You can invest as little as $1,000 and you do not have to be a high net worth accredited investor. I tell people all the time that I talk to, you know, they're like, I want to do real estate, but I don't have enough money. Everybody has $1,000. You yeah. can be a real estate investor with $1,000, uh, but you have to start somewhere. So um, you know, I encourage people to get started creating wealth for themselves. You don't have to wait till you have a large amount of capital. That's great that you guys are reaching out and providing opportunities for people all the way down to a thousand bucks. You just don't find that much in wow. those kind of opportunities out there, but it grants those that are looking to kind of get into the space an opportunity to be able to get their feet wet and learn the business and, and be able to kind of pop the hood and see exactly what investing looks like on the passive side. So, hey, Heather, once again, thanks for coming on to the show. We'd love to have you back anytime. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Eric. Thanks for tuning in to the Side Hustle and Business Show with Eric Lindsay. Please make sure to give us a five-star review, subscribe to this channel, and share this podcast with someone who is destined for success. Until next time, let's keep pursuing financial security, not job security.